Welcome to Second Time Lucky. I'm Nicole. And I'm Mahi. And we will be your hosts. Throughout this podcast, we will discuss transplants, the process of organ donation, and the ins and outs of my personal heart transplant experience. Just a heads up, some of the content might be a bit triggering. While we aim to keep things quite fun, mortality and medical procedures are discussed throughout the series. Also, a course language warning because we have a tendency to swear like sailors. Sorry! We would also like to say that we are not medical professionals, so please do not seek any medical guidance from the Second Time Lucky podcast, but we do encourage a transplant dialogue. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. Episode 4, Getting the Call. Hello, and welcome welcome to another episode of Second Second Time Time Lucky. Lucky! Oh, that was very well. Yeah, that was pretty good, huh? Today, I'm Mahi. I'm Nicole. And today we're going to be talking about getting the call, the transplant call. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, obviously, this happened to me. (laughs) So yeah, I feel like this process isn't really as seamless as one may think. I think, like, in movies and stuff, I mean, there's not really a lot of, like, pop culture transplant things. Yeah. But I feel like in those things, this is never shown. Or, like, if it is, it's like, because focal, getting the transplant, everything is going as planned. Unfortunately, real life is a little bit more complicated. Well, also because, like, the only examples that we've had are, like, you know, I guess we hear a lot about kidney transplants, where yep. there's maybe a bit more... You can find someone who's alive uh-huh. that can maybe donate, or yeah. you know, like I, you know, the likelihood of you finding someone in your family yeah. is probably a lot closer. Whereas you can't really ask someone to donate their heart for you if you they're cannot. alive. <laughs> no, I mean my dad did. Literally, I'm not even kidding. My dad asked the doctor, like, take mine out. I will give it. Not an issue. And I was like, Dad, <laughs> don't. <laughs> I don't think that's an option. <laughs> Honestly, just such a darling, like, just the best. No, that is really beautiful, but... I mean, yeah, look, I could do a whole other episode just on my dad and his generosity alone, but let's not get into that. So, as we were saying, all right, so you're listed. Yeah. Okay, so you go through the process, you do your workup, and you get listed for a transplant. The next, what they literally tell you after you're listed is, all right, go home and wait. Yeah. So... A lot of people, me included, a lot of people that, I'm, that I've spoken to that have had a transplant say that this is the hardest part of the transplant process. The waiting. The waiting. It's also like, you obviously, like, saying that, yeah, you don't know when it's going to come and actually living that is so different. Like, it is so, I don't know, I can't even find a word to explain it. It's so weird knowing that. Literally any second your life could change. Yeah. So what you're instructed to do by the hospital is, I mean, what I was instructed to do by the hospital was, okay, go home, pack a bag, Mm -hmm. keep your phone charged literally at all times, and we'll go from there. Yeah. So I remember, like, I came home from Sydney after my workup, and I went and bought, like, a new shiny suitcase. And I packed it. 
now what did like what do you pack like yeah <laughs> yeah because you're preparing to what stay in hospital for an indefinite amount of time or exactly. at least like an undetermined amount of time yeah but i didn't even think about like getting out of hospital my mentality was like all right i'm going to pack a bag for you know for being in hospital so i packed a bunch of like like underwear socks my slippers a robe toiletries i didn't actually bring like pants tops because literally i was like i'm gonna be wearing a gown like it's gonna that's fine and yeah. then the reality was obviously when i did have my transplant and i was discharged i was like i don't have anything to wear <laughs> anyway that's a whole other topic but they tell you to go home pack a bag and just have that bag ready and yeah because there's there's no time to waste it is like Go. And they can't possibly have any indication of when you might be getting the call. No. Like, it could be by the second you get home from Sydney when you yeah. were there for your workup. Yeah. Or, what, months later down the track? Years. I mean, wow. it could be years. It just... So there's a few factors in finding a donor. So, I mean, gender, all that kind of thing does not matter. Um, what does matter is blood type. Um, you know, general kind of height and weight and stuff like that, like logistical stuff like that. With blood type, very quickly, is it, would that, I mean, were you ever told about maybe a case where if they're desperate, they'll give you, say, like a heart that has like an O type, even if you're not O? Because O is kind of that universal blood type, right? Like, I know that with blood transfusions, if they desperately need to give somebody blood, they'll just give them O, but then it's yeah. not safe to give them their matching blood type. Is that. I don't know, to be honest. That's yeah. not something that I was ever spoken to about. That might be like a doctor thing, like yeah. a, something that they decide. That was never something that I was kind of spoken to or like warned about. Yeah, but you were told your blood type. Is I was it. told they're going to look for someone roughly my height and weight because it's also like they the heart needs to fit in my cavity. Once my heart is taken out, if someone, you know, say I get a donor that is like 5'10", I am 5'10". Wait, no, that's not a good... That's not a good example. <laughs> Say that I get someone, you know, who is 4'2". Yeah. I feel like their heart is going to be teeny tiny compared yeah. to mine. I'm 5'10". You know, I'm quite tall. I'm slim. I'm, you know, this is my blood type, so they're going to try to find someone as close to that as possible. Yeah. So when um a donor becomes available, a list of potential matches, so people that are on the list appear and i'm not really sure of like the logistics like how they decide who i don't think it's like a who deserves this organ more but i think it's kind of like who will survive without this organ longer if i don't if, who needs this organ the most yeah who okay, will not okay. survive another second without this organ okay yep yep, yep. Um, that yeah and so i think that's scary as well because when i got the phone call i was like i'm sick it uh, for some reason it hit me then i was like oh my god i was at the top of the list to get this yeah i'm sick like yeah yeah because you did get your first one really recent after like yeah. really soon after your your workup yeah so my workup was done in october 2017 and my first phone call was the 17th of december wow so okay. it was almost to the day two months later and I remember it was one of our best friend's birthdays on the 18th of December. Yeah. And she was having like this house party and 
I was just chilling the day, the night before. Matt and I had just like eaten dinner. I think it was maybe like 5 p.m. or something. Yeah. It was daylight savings. It was very much daytime. And I remember we were just relaxing and my phone rang. Oh, that's right. Matt was taking the bins out. And so I was inside alone and my phone rang. And for some reason, I just felt like my heart stopped. But like, I didn't even know who it was. Yeah. I was just, I got that feeling. And they called on a private number. And so I was like, okay, like, we're doing this. But, like, you were never told this is the number you should look out for. They're like, no. you answer every... Because I feel yeah. like I don't answer private numbers. Yeah. So that was... When you're sick, you learn to start answering private numbers. Because okay. it's always a doctor. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they said, like, it'll come, it'll be private. So make sure you answer that. So, like I said, I heard, like, Matt was literally wrapped, you know, in the front yard, putting the bins out, and my phone rang, and it was the professor, which is not a common thing. Usually they, like, appoint the transplant coordinator to call, and I remember he was like, Nicole, he's sitting down, and I was like, who is this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> What's your favourite scary <laughs> And he was like, oh, it's Professor McDonald. How are you? And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, you've got a heart for me, don't you? And he was like, yep. Are you sitting down? And I was like, yes. And I was like, can you just wait? My fiancé is bringing the bins in. Like, just give me a second. He was like, yeah, yeah, take your time. And I was like, Matt, come inside. And he came in, and I put him on loudspeaker. And he was like, okay, we've got a heart for you. You know, we've got a potential match. We want you... um." to get ready but we're going to call you back with some details because we're just trying to figure out some logistics so he was like I'm gonna get my like the transplant coordinator to give you a call within 10 minutes and he was like have a pad and a paper and a pad and a pen ready because there'll be some things that you need to jot down we'll go from there when I tell you that I was like I, I don't even know I can't even describe an emotion I don't even have an adjective for it like I was happy sad scared relieved like a million emotions in one and it was a week before Christmas and so like I felt like a a really really deep sadness as well because I was like someone's just died before Christmas that that's devastating so I yeah I that was a lot and I had to deal with that myself Matt, I said to him, you need to call my mum because I cannot form a sentence. So he called my mum and was like, she she got the call, you need to come here now. And mum was like, okay, do I, need, do I need to bring a bag? And he was like, the doctor's going to call us back, so just maybe just come here as you are. Yeah. And then we'll decide. Luckily, my parents live five seconds away. Yeah. When I tell you that my house filled up with people, there was like 25 people in my house. My grandparents came, they were in their robes, they were in their pyjamas, like it was the cutest thing. My cousins came, my siblings were there, my mum, my dad, my uncles, my aunties. And I was, I remember I was just sitting in my room. I didn't even really want to speak to anyone or like see anyone. My family was like celebrating, but I felt like very sad. Yeah. And anyway, I, I got out of my room and I went and, like, said hi to everyone, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not going to make it to Christmas, guys. They're like, Merry Christmas. I hope you guys have a good day. Like, um, so dramatic. Yeah, yeah. And then my phone rang when I was in the living room with everyone. 
And so I said to everyone, can you all just shut the hell up? <laughs> I'm going to go in my room, put them on loudspeaker. I was like, mum, dad, Matt, let's go. We need to just, you know, listen. Anyway, so the transplant coordinator called me and was like, uh, sorry, Nick. Um, yeah, this heart isn't going to work out. But you know what, Matt? Go get us some Maccas, tuck her in bed, you know, forget about it. We'll, hopefully we'll give you another call soon. And then she kind of was like, okay, bye. And they can't tell you why the heart didn't work no. out. No, right. well, I did ask. Because also it was just so, like, blasé. She was just like, all right, well, uh, sorry. You hope you have a good night. You know, Merry Christmas. And I was like, wait, what? And I remember my family was, like, silent. Like, you could hear a pin drop. And I walked out of my bedroom and I went into the living room and I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what just happened. It's not happening. And even they were like, I don't, do we, do we celebrate? Do we like, is this good or bad? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. And I remember I said to Matt, can me and you just go lay down on the bed for a second? Like, I just, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm feeling. And I felt like, exhausted from like having a million feelings yeah and so I said to him like can me and you just go like have a breather I just just I just want to be with you I just only want to be with you right now and I went into my like I went and laid on my bed and I just like went into fetal position and just like absolutely lost it like I was crying hysterically like a child and Matt was like Bob like it's fine like it wasn't meant to be and I was like someone still died like I just could not get over that someone had passed away and like I know obviously that happens every day but I really I don't know I felt like I was grieving this person that I did not even know yeah and I kind of said to everyone like and my mum was like oh, who wants a coffee I was like no like nah I just I really just want to be alone like, yeah everyone I love you guys but see you later yeah yeah anyway so I remember I went to bed and I just I cried for like I'm gonna say like five hours straight. Like yeah. I just I was like dehydrated. I woke up in the morning and my eyeballs were like <laughs> little raisins. I like <laughs> it was just honestly so bad. Like I just yeah, I don't know. I just so many levels of shock. It was shock. It was shocking and I I didn't feel like I was ready then. So I I think maybe on some level I felt a bit of relief, but I also, it was like relief, but also like, shit, like what if I don't make it for the next phone call? Like what if I actually die waiting or like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even know. I just, it was, it was a lot. Luckily the day after that we had our friend's birthday, yeah, which I was very adamant that I didn't want to go to. I just was not in the mood, but Luckily, I did go, and you guys all cheered me up, and it was great. But um, I kind of, that week, I was kind of, obviously, Christmas was around the corner. I just was kind of not myself, and I was very, like, it hit me that I was getting a transplant that day. I know that, obviously, like, I'd gone through the workup, I'd come this far, I'd signed all those forms, but nothing really, like, they're just all things like nothing really happened that made it seem real yet yeah until that second so that's why I think I reacted in such a a, like I don't even know like a weird way like which is not a familiar 
like situation like you can't yeah. and like it's not even something that you can be mentally prepared for from like tv shows you no. are in those situations i no. feel like i have an understanding of like how pregnancies work just because i've watched so many pregnancy yeah. episodes on tv i know it's not the same thing but it's an insight yeah right? yeah exactly right but i have no insight on transplants and you obviously haven't either so. no and like they do tell you like all right we're gonna give you a call you need to have a bag packed and, and then we're gonna you know tell you what time to go to the airport but like like I said, they're just words. So, like, when that is actually happening, it's very different. And the feeling, I didn't expect to feel so guilty, like, so so bad. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, look, I, like, I got over it eventually. And I think I was lucky because Christmas was coming and distractions. Great distractions. Matt's birthday is on the 27th of December. New Year's is around the corner. You know, I had a niece at the time who was a, a couple of weeks old. Yeah. So, like, I had lots of distractions, and they were good distractions. But, like, in the back of my mind, I kind of was like, I'm going to have to go through this again soon. I kind of just went on living after that. Yeah. I was really lucky because my sister, like I said, she had just had my niece. So she was on maternity leave. So I spent every day with her, and so instead of just focusing on, oh my god, my phone's going to ring at any second, I was just playing with my niece, helping yeah. my sister raise her, and like, it was great, and it was the best way to spend that time. So cut to, it was like six months later, and at this point, I was very kind of like, I don't, I feel like it's not coming, like, okay, yeah. so much time has passed, why did I get the phone call to two months after I was listed and now just um, nothing's happening. Yeah. And so, like, I started to feel a little bit, like, disheartened, but also, like, relief, but also, like, you know, terror. Like, So you had made a bunch of friends when you were in workup. Were you in contact with any of them during this process, being like, I still haven't gotten a call or, like, things lay low in, like, the chats? I, I did make a lot of friends during the workup. There was... A girl called Tia, and she was, like, 20 at the time. She was a very big support for me. She was, um, like I said, she was 20. She had cystic fibrosis, and she got lungs um, a couple of months before I did my workup. So she would have been about six months post. And I did contact her, and I was kind of like, when did you get your call? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, don't let this dishearten you. Like, she was just, like, the best hype woman ever. Yeah, amazing. Um. She was great. So I had her, I think also um, I met this lady called Miriam and she, I shared a room with her. Her and I were just absolutely obsessed with each other. I do want to talk more about this um, in a coming episode. Yeah, cool. Um, about, you know, just people that you meet, you know, throughout the process. So I won't like dig too deep into this. I had her for support, but she actually, I actually found out that she died on Christmas Day. So, yeah, I had gotten the phone call the week before, and I remember she was one of the first person that I spoke to. And I called her, I messaged her, and I kind of said to her, like, I got the call, and she was like, I'm going to be at the hospital. Uh, She was, like, from, she was Lebanon, she was Lebanese. And she was like, I'm going to bring you all of your favourite foods, I'm going to visit you every day, and... So I was like, okay, at least I've got someone that kind of knows the process and I can, you know, rely yeah. on them. But she she didn't tell me that she was really unwell and she um, actually passed away a few, a week after I got that first phone call. Yeah. 
I think also having her pass away was also like I'm not I I really felt like the presence of like death yeah and like that is something that I don't think many people talk about waiting for tri- like waiting for their transplant is like death yeah. it's something that I can't really explain and I it's not something that I really think about outside of that I never really think like oh I wonder when I'm gonna die or like it's that's not natural like no one really thinks like that but like I was like all right well Miriam died and so another lady Rondell that I also shared a room with she had also passed away as well and so I was like all right well she died like they both died and Tia was doing well but she actually passed away right after my transplant so the five people that I befriended during my workup actually passed away and so that was really hard because I was like all right well um everyone seems to be dropping like flies around me obviously I'm next and so I didn't I didn't think I would make it in time for my transplant but I just thought I'm going to make the most of this and spend every day that I can you know with Matt with my family with my new niece with my friends and let's just see where this goes and like I said in the previous episode, I wasn't scared. Yeah. Like, nothing scared me at this point. I was kind of like... it was better than what you would exp- your experience. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, like you said, anything is better than the life I'm living. So, like, whatever. Like, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And if it is, it will happen. You yeah. know, like, let's just take it a day at a time. I was feeling quite... Um, I don't think depressed is the word, but I was feeling very, um, like, just kind of, like, unsure. And Matt and I were obviously engaged at this point. And Mum was like, why don't you plan an engagement party? I feel like that will take your mind off things and keep you busy and, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not in the mood. I don't want to see people. And, like, I don't want to celebrate. Like, no. I was like, we'll have an engagement party after transplant. And mum was like, come on, Nick, like, think about it. You know, I think it'll be a really good distraction for you. And after a lot of convincing, my mum and my sisters, they were right. And I was like, you know what, screw it, I'll do it. So I spoke to Matt. We organised a date, which was the 12th of May. Mm-hmm. And it was good because I was obviously um, being taken care of by my sister yeah. at this point. So, like, we spent our days, like, taking care of my niece and planning my engagement, and it was fun. Yeah. Literally the first thing that I said when I when I, when I finalised the date was, I bet young, I'm going to get a phone call on that day. And everyone was like, you're such an idiot. No, you're not. Don't be ridiculous. What do you think happened? <laughs> Honestly, just the luck of, just my luck. Like, I cannot even explain it any other way. So, it was the 11th, so it was the Friday. My mother-in-law had already flown to Adelaide. She was going to, like, help us, you know, prepare. So, she came a couple of days early. She was staying at our house. Matt's brother and his girlfriend at the time also flew down just to spend a couple of days with us before we, you know the party which was going to be on the Saturday Friday morning Matt was going to go to work and he wakes up quite early he got up at like 5 30 in the morning and I could hear him like eating his Nutri-Grade in the in the kitchen and my phone rang and I was like no way who else could this be and I remember Matt ran into the room and was like I feel like you're getting a phone call he's like, I feel like this is a heart and I was like, get lost, no way. Anyway, I answered. 
and he was the coordinator. And she was like, Nick, we found a heart for you. Um, again, I'm going to call you back with logistics, but um, get ready. Like, this is it. Oh. <laughs> I was like, get lost. Yeah. What <laughs> are the odds? So I called my mum again, and I was like, this time I was pissed. Yeah. This time I was like, come on, can I not have one day to celebrate? Like, can I not just catch a break? Anyway, we were going through the, uh, we went through the group chats of that period of time last night. Um, and yeah, we came across a message from our friends who was like, I had bets on it being during the speeches. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it's like, it's a fact that it's a Nicole thing. Yeah. It's a Nicole thing. Exactly. So yeah, like, same thing. My parents came over. And my sisters came over and I remember I had this little like notepad of like, you know, cake vendors and people that I'd invited to the engagement and stuff. And I gave it to my sister and I was like, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not calling anyone. Just figure it out. Also, my my mother-in-law was there. And so I was like, I'm so sorry. Me and Matt are going to go. And yeah, so I was, she was like, go, do whatever you need to do. Oh my God, good luck. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> so again... I hadn't gotten this far. So when they called me back, they were like, we want you at the airport by like 8.30 in the morning. Your flight is at 9.15. We're doing this. Like, yeah, this this is happening. And I said to Matt, though, I don't feel like it's happening. Like, I don't feel like this is it. Yeah. But the actions were like against that. Like, we, it was happening. You're so on your way to the airport. We're on our way to the airport. And Obviously, the first time, I didn't leave my house yeah. yet, you know? So, Matt was like, nah, bub, like, this is it. And I was like, nah, I don't know. I don't know if it's it. We flew Qantas first class. I remember they gave us a, I don't know how they found out that it was meant to be our engagement, but they gave us a glass, of, a bottle of champagne. <laughs> yeah, like, the Qantas air hostesses were like, we heard that you were meant to get engaged today. Here's a bottle of champagne. Well, I was like, like should be I can't drink, drink this. <laughs> And Matt was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) More for me. (laughs) We landed in Sydney. There was this, like, transport guy who I now know very well. And he kind of got me from the airport. It was the first time someone was waiting for me at the airport with, like, a sign. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, Nicole, that's me. (laughs) Um, And there was, like, a wheelchair there waiting for me. And I was wheeled into his van. That sounds really creepy. Into his (laughs) very professional, legitimate van, Um, and Matt and my parents were there, and we were taken straight to St. Vinny's, and they kind of said to us, all right, things seem to be going as we would like them to, we're just doing some further testing, so they um, put us into a room, and I remember there was just like a single bed in it, Matt and I slept in the bed, my parents, my poor parents, they were sleeping on the floor, like not even a chair. And they were kind of like, all right, the nurses kind of said to us, like, we're going to come in and check up on you guys and just kind of let you know, you know, where the day's going to go. So, yeah, I just kind of went there. I wasn't allowed to eat or drink or anything. So I was just kind of like, okay. And, like, out of, like, solidarity, my family didn't eat or drink either. So we were all, like, starving. And, like, <laughs> I was getting pissed. I was like, come on. Like, what is happening? It was about 8 p.m., I think, at this point. They were like, okay, like, I think I think we're ready. Like, we need you to take these meds. So they gave me, like, I think it was maybe, like, four immunosuppressant medications. They were like, 
down those, have a sip of water with them, and we need you to have a shower. Put your hair up and wash yourself with this, like, antibacterial scrub and wear this gown. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is actually happening. I remember, like, I was like, okay, guys, I'm going to have a shower. And there was, like, a shower attached to our, our, our room that we were sitting in. And I went in there, and I remember I tied my hair up, and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, wait, you got this. <laughs> like, but a part of me still felt like it wasn't going to happen. Like, yeah. You knew when you're, like, hovering above your body and you're like, oh, that's funny. Like, that was kind of how I felt. I didn't feel like I was in the moment, if that makes sense. Well, also because so much time had passed by this point, right? So much time had passed. So I think also, like, the, not the novelty, but, like, the whole, the pro, I was over it. Yeah. I was hungry. I was, like, getting hangry. I was like, yeah. I'm over it. I just want to go to bed. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just go back to this. I want to go to sleep. Like, so when they came in, I was excited, but I was also like, "Seed, like, yeah, can't be bothered. Like, forget the heart. I want a hearty meal. Yeah, like, like I want a bloody sizzle." Um, but anyway, so I did all. I did what they said, and another nurse came in and said, "Like, all right, well, it's kind of time to say your goodbyes. Like, we're gonna. I'm gonna bring a bed in, and we're gonna we're gonna will you out." And I was like, "Okay." I said goodbye to my parents first. They were crying, and it was it was really emotional. And I was kind of like, guys, like it's good, it's cool. Like don't worry about it. I'll see you when I see you. Like I'm yeah. gonna come out of it. It's gonna be fine. That was the only time that I was kind of like, okay, I'm getting a little bit nervous now. Like they're actually wheeling me in. Like yeah. we're doing this. I said goodbye to my parents, kissed them, whatever, and they went off to the waiting room. I asked if Matt could kind of like walk with me as far as possible. So. They said yes, so, you know, Matt and I were kind of holding him. I was obviously laying on the bed, and he was walking alongside my bed, and we were walking to the theatre. And then this lady, she was a nurse, I assume, came out and was like, all right, so um, this isn't going to work out this time, so you can just chuck your clothes on. Um, you guys can go if you want. And I was like, "Is she talk- who's she talking to? And Matt was like, is she talking to you or is she talking to me? And I was like, I feel like maybe she means that you're not allowed to come this far. Like, maybe you should go. And he was like, all right, love you, blah, blah. We said our goodbyes. Then the nurse that was wheeling me was like, I think she means that the transplant isn't going to go ahead. Maybe you can just go chuck your clothes and you guys can go. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and they were so relaxed. But... So relaxed. And, like, it wasn't even like, I'm so sorry, guys. This and this and this has happened. It's just not going to work out. Like, it wasn't even, like, a conversation. They they were still standing up. I was laying in the bed naked. <laughs> I was bright pink from this, like, from this wash that I put on. I had taken these meds, and me and Matt were frozen. And I looked at him, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And he was like, do you want to walk back to the room and, like, put your clothes on? And I was like, I don't even know where my clothes are. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Anyway, so I... Are you going to get knocked out by these meds, by the way? So, no. Okay. No, no, no. So, these, I assume, I mean, I don't really know what they were at the time, but I assume it's what I take now. Okay. As part of my, like, you know. Daily maintenance. Daily, yeah. So, anyway, I got off the bed and walked to the ICU waiting room where my parents were, and I was like, um, yeah, no, it's not, it's not happening. So, and mum was like, here are your clothes. I was like, okay, give me a second to just get dressed. So I 
I literally put my clothes on. Meanwhile, I don't have anywhere to stay. I thought I was going to be staying in the hospital. So, like, my parents luckily had an accommodation. I think Matt had just planned to, like, sleep on that couch or whatever. Yeah. It was winter. It was, like, the middle of winter, so it was freezing. It was, like, midnight at this point. So they're like, all right, we'll see you later. Bye. Like, hopefully you get the call soon. I was like, oh, my God. We left. It was freezing. I was like, my mouth was open. Like, I actually was, like, so shocked that I'd gotten, that I had gotten that far. Yeah, and you can still be turned away. And you could still be turned away. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't didn't know this was a thing. Like, they did say you could get some false alarms and I did experience the other one, but, like, nothing prepared me for this. Yeah. Like, having an actual lotion thing on you. Having it. Being willed into Being willed into theatre. And then them being like, oh, yeah, so let that funny story though i've heard that they've actually like put people to sleep and then they've woken up and they've been like oh yeah sorry we are but like they could have they would have been asleep for hours right because they you get knocked out for a long time right or do they do something to wake you up to say like i mean i'm not sure i think maybe they can they can wake you up i mean i don't really know but Luckily, that didn't happen to me. I yeah. Was, I was, didn't reach that point. Oh, but no. I just can't even imagine, like, being woken up and being like, it's over. Only because it's yeah, like, finally, we never started. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, April Fool's. <laughs> like, oh, my God. You would just have a meltdown. So, yeah, Matt and I went back. We ended up getting, like, a room. We went back and Matt was like, all right, hey, dude, what's going on? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling. I was like, well, I, I do know that I'm hungry. Yeah. I was like, let's just get some food. So we um, Uber Eats some McDonald's. And I want to tell you that I ate my feelings. <laughs> Whew, I ate my feelings. We ate. I went to sleep. I woke up in the morning and I was like, shit, I'm still in Sydney. I need to get home. Yeah. And then my second thought was I could have had my engagement party because w- <laughs> I'm going to be home. Oh, anyway, it was all cancelled at that point. So, like, my parents, Matt and I, we went and, like, had breakfast. Mum was like, let's just make the most of it. We're in Sydney. Yeah. Let's go to the city. We'll have some breakfast and then we'll go home. So, that's what we did. We ate. And I just, I was silent. I just was not feeling it. I was yeah. like, I don't even want to talk to anyone. I don't want to do anything. I just want to go home, see my cats, and yeah. just, just go to bed. I just want to sleep forever. I'm over it. Yeah. I got home. I showered. And I napped, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this again. Like, I don't, I hope, I, I don't want to get the phone call again. Like that, this is traumatic. Like, yeah. this is too hard. My, it was actually really nice. My mum ended up planning like a little, like a little party because obviously we didn't get engaged. We didn't, <laughs> I didn't get my transplant. So mum was like, I feel like we need to organise something. So um, she called Matt and was like, get Nick to my house tonight. Tell her that we're just going to order some pizzas and kind of have, have a you know a chill night, but we'll really try to you know have a bit of a party. Matt was like, babe, how do you feel? Like, maybe we should go to your mum's for dinner. And I was like, nah, I'm not going. Yeah. I'm not keen. And he was like, no, 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 like, put some clothes on, we'll go. And I was like, I'm telling you, I'm not going. And he was like, come on, Nick, like, let's do it. We need a bit of a distraction. And I was like, fine. So I went there in my pyjamas. <laughs> yeah. I remember Matt was wearing, like, really nice jeans and, like, looked really nice. And Karen got dressed. And I was like, why is everyone getting dressed up? I was like, we're just going to my mum's for pizza. Like, 
I'm going like this, and no yeah. one can tell me otherwise. And Matt was like, do whatever you want. And I was like, and I rocked up, and there was like all like my closest family yeah. there. My friends were there because obviously you have to remember a lot of people came travel to Adelaide for our engagement. Yeah. We ended up having like a little party, and it was honestly the funnest night. Like it was the best distraction. I I had a great time. It was great. But again, I went to bed that night and I was like, again, I've had to like deal with this and like go through this roller coaster of emotions and like I just don't know how much more I can take. Like I don't want to do this again. Like yeah. I was starting to get really like disheartened. I was like, it's just not meant to be. I don't think this is meant to be for me. And like, but a couple of weeks later, um, it was my mum's birth. The day after my mum's birthday. And I remember for some reason I didn't see her on her actual birthday. Um, And so the day after I like made her a cake and whatever. And while I, I I remember I had just got it out of the oven and I put it on like a cooling rack and my phone rang. And when I tell you that my entire body knew that this was the the call, I can't even explain it. Um, I I said to Matt, call my mum. I'm getting a heart tonight. And he called my mum, same thing like we always did. Parents came over, family came over, my sisters were over. Um, The doctor was like, Nick, I know I've said this before, (laughs) but this is it. And I felt different this time. Like, this was it. Like, I I knew it in my bones that this time was right. Anyway. So much so that I started to panic. And I, for the first time ever, I was nervous. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, shit, like, we're, we're doing this. Like, let's yeah. do it. I remember I had a, the bag that I had packed next to the door. I emptied it. I turned it upside down and I emptied it. And I shook everything out of that bag. And I was like, okay, I need to repack this bag properly. I, I don't want what I had in there. And all I could think about was earbuds. And I got earbuds from the kitchen, from the bathroom, and I put them in the bag, and I was like, I can't think of anything else to put in this bag. All I had in there was a packet of earbuds. And my mum was like, um, okay, no. Um, we need more than earbuds. And they probably have earbuds at the hospital, like of anything that they'll have. They probably have. I think also like the last thing I'm going to be thinking about is earbuds. Like, I've got more important issues than just cleaning my ears 24 hours a day. Also, I'm thinking an entire bag just to put in a packet of earbuds. Yeah, it was like a big suitcase and I just put this little packet of earbuds in there. And then, yeah, my mum was like, um, alright, maybe you get out and I will pack your bag. So, yeah, a mum. Like, honestly, just the best. So, yeah, underwear, pyjamas, you know, my, my lucky overalls. Um, there was a top that says Marrow on it, which is like Matt's nickname. Took that. Um, my teddy bear that I take to every one of my surgeries. His name is Mr. Bowtie and I got him when I was seven. Took him with me. My iPad, like this time felt real. So I was like, all right, what do I use every single day that I know that I'll need? We went to the airport and my entire family came to the airport with us. When we were flying in the air, I said to Matt, like, I'm going to get a transplant tomorrow. Like, in the, you know, in the next few hours, I'm like, this is, this is happening. Yeah. 
And I think even my mum was like, Nick, I can feel it. Like, this is it. Well, yeah, we were all saying that in the group chat as well. Like, you yeah. mentioned just, I don't know how, like, all capitals, like, just like, um, like, it's happening! And, yeah. and yeah, we were all, like, as we were waiting for you to, I mean, because after that, after you said that, we obviously didn't hear from you for ages. Yeah. So it was all just kind of talking amongst ourselves and trying to reach out to your family. And all of us were like, I don't know why, but this just... It feels right. The first time that, because I, was, I wasn't in a show that I was in New Zealand um, yeah. for the last two calls. And the first time I uh, like saw it and I was like, holy crap. And then I went about my day. This time I stayed in my room until I found out more. Because I just yeah. knew something different about this one. Where I was like, it, I need yeah. to hold tight. And like, yeah, and it's a hard thing to explain. Yeah, nah. It just feeling right. Yeah. And like, I remember I wasn't scared. I wasn't like, I was ready. I was like, let's fucking do this. Yeah. I'm ready. I've never been more ready. I remember, like, I took off my engagement ring and, like, gave it to Matt and, like, I was ready. Like, you know, let's do it. So, yeah, I got to to the hospital um, and they were like, all right, at 5 a.m., we're doing it. This time, though, I have a little bit of memory loss because, obviously, I was put under and I did go through with the surgery. So, like, I do remember having a shower and taking some meds, but I don't really remember what happened after that. I guess, and then I guess, like, our next talk will be about, like, what happened after the surgery, because obviously yeah. we can't talk about during, so. No. Although we do have, actually, some details from the group chat, like, you know, from, like, Matt talking to the doctors, and, like, he was kind of keeping yeah. us informed, so, um, yeah, we'll definitely bring up those details as well, but. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's all, it's kind of all hearsay, because, like, unless you're the person with the scalp on your hand, you got no idea what's going no. on. No. So. No. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. But success. Yeah. I live to tell the tale. You live to tell the tale, and you, uh, <laughs> yeah, you live to get the final call. So, yeah. Yeah. holy Christ. Till the next episode. Yep. Yep. Till next time. <laughs>